welcome to a new podcast called You Ask For It uh, with uh, Steve Scoggins and Justin Alexander. And we're just two pastors who um, interact with people who have difficult questions on a daily basis. Uh, For instance, Pastor Steve Scoggins here has been in a lot of different contexts, including a college context in which he had college students and young adults asking difficult questions about the world and um, what they face on a daily basis. And so what we thought we could do is just come to you with something simple, but just as you send in questions, we get to just give you basic answers, something that could hopefully help your soul and help you as you begin to engage these with other people. So each week, if you want, you can send in questions to us and we'll add them to our queue uh, that we'll work through. Uh, This is episode one of season one. And the first question we have is this, Pastor Steve, how can we know that what we believe is true? How do we know that? Oh, that's an important question. But let me start with a Bible verse that proves we can know. Okay. In 1 John five thirteen, it says this, These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Obviously, God wants to, to know that we know that we have eternal life. The gospel is true. What Jesus did was enough. Now, just because the Bible says God wants us to know that doesn't mean that everyone experiences continual belief without doubt. I, I think you'd admit we all know of times in our own lives when we've had seasons of doubt. Absolutely. We know of people that go through those seasons. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And and I would even say, like, yeah, I love reading the Psalms. Or you see David all the time, like, God, are you there? Or do you actually, are you here? And I would even say, I think it's hard to be a believer and not have some doubt sometimes because mm-hmm. you just face hard parts of life. But what I love is how Jesus dealt so tenderly and graciously with doubters. When John the Baptist publicly doubted him, he praised John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. When Thomas said, I'm not going to believe it until I can touch the nail prints in his hands, mm-hmm. he showed up and said, Thomas, is this what you need? Mm-hmm. And so I love the fact that he, he, he treated doubters with grace. But but let me explain to you why I am absolutely convinced that what we believe is true, and I'll divide it into two sections. We have objective historical proof that the gospel is true, but also we have subjective reasons for believing that what we believe is true. I want to start with the objective. Christianity is different from other religions. Um, some people feel like, well, if I get a better buzz from Buddha, I'll go with him. <laughs> but the reason we are Christians is because Jesus Christ lived, died on the cross, rose again. That's historical facts. It's documented by the Roman historian Tacitus. It's documented by the Jewish historian Josephus. We ha- The gospels that we have are early eyewitness accounts of people who saw him risen from the dead. And with that said, I need to make a distinction between the fact that we have historical proof that the gospel is true versus, say, scientific proof. You've heard people talk about scientific proof. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, people oftentimes when you say, when when you're asking about Christianity, they say, well, show me the science. Like, show me how you can know it's real. Um, But what they don't realize they're arguing for in that is, this is not a scientific thing. It is very much history that we're, we're talking about. Yeah, scientific about. proof means you have to have a laboratory uh, setting that can be repeated. Water will freeze every time at 32 degrees. You can't – say the question was, did Gettys, the Battle of Gettysburg happen? Mm. You can't put that in a laboratory and say, let me watch it happen again. 
Yeah. Uh, but you can look at the letters sent back home, the newspaper articles, the Gettysburg Address. You can go to the battlefield Absolutely. and see the, the evidence that the battle happened there. So nobody doubts that the Gettysburg battle happened, and the same kind of proof is there. Now, if you don't mind, I'll just give you three of the proofs, historical proofs of the resurrection. I would encourage you, if you want more, look at Lee Strobel's book entitled The Case for Christ. But here are three strong historical proofs. One, the resurrection is the only logical explanation for the empty tomb. Now, mm-hmm. no one has ever doubted that that tomb was empty on Sunday morning. In fact, in the Gospel of Matthew, the religious leaders wanting to put this down, they bribed the soldiers and said, now you go tell the people that while you were sleeping, mm-hmm. the disciples came and stole the body. That's the most illogical thing. Uh, first of all, if a soldier slept on duty, that's a death penalty. They had 16 soldiers out front. That was the standard uh, group of soldiers that would do a guard like that. All 16 stayed asleep while somebody moved a huge stone. Yeah. And not only that, if you were all sleeping, how do you know who stole the body? They said, well, while we were sleeping, the disciples, no, the body was, was not there. And here's the number one proof that the body was not there. If those who engineered the crucifixion of Christ could have produced the body on Pentecost morning while Peter was preaching, when he's saying, Jesus is risen, they said, no, come here, look, here's his dead body. Hmm. They couldn't do that. Now, the only explanation is that Jesus rose because this whole thought, the disciples stole the body, then why would they die for a lie? And all Hmm. of them paid dear prices because they believed that they had seen him risen. The second historical proof is the number and quality of eyewitnesses. Let me read another scripture. This is from 1 Corinthians 15, and he lists who Jesus appeared to. He appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to over 500 brothers and sisters at one time. Most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, then to Paul. Mm. Now, that's from the book of 1 Corinthians, but think about that. He mentions, by name, Peter. James, the brother of Jesus, uh, he mentions the 12, but he also says 500 saw him at one time. Yeah. If you were to have a trial and 500 people were to take the stand and say, it was him, it was him, it was him, anywhere but California, they'd be convicted. <laughs> so uh, so you've got to understand that's powerful testimony, but it's not just 500 witnesses. It's 500 witnesses who said, you can put me to death, but I will not change my testimony. I saw him risen. Mm, now, yeah. the interesting thing is how early these, this testimony is. Yeah, you said that uh, we've talked about this before, that um, from what we what we know is the book of 1 Corinthians was written about 25 years um, after the resurrection of Jesus, right? And so what you have is all of these people who knew this, they're, they're quoting about the resurrection here and the proof of his resurrection. Mm-hmm. You, as you said before, you can't just change history in 25 years. I know for my generation, um, 9-11, which we're now at what, 22 years since uh, – 21 years since 9-11, you can't tell me right now. You can't come up and say, oh, that, that never happened. There was never – you know, nothing in New York. I mean, we have people in our church who were in New York City yes. when that happened. They could say, no, I was there. I saw the smoke from the wow. towers. I, I saw those things. And so for you to try to come up and say, oh, it's just all made up. It's not true. Wow. You, you can't you, you can't turn Strong that away. Strong eyewitness testimony Yeah, that, that, is, that, that makes it clear that this is the truth. Third historical proof. 
And that's the changed lives after the resurrection. He mentions Peter. Hmm. Peter was such a coward when Jesus was being crucified. Now at Pentecost, 50 days later, he's standing up boldly and saying, Hmm. you killed Jesus, God raised him. You've got James, the brother of Jesus, mentioned. He didn't believe in his brother until after the resurrection. Now he calls his brother Lord. Hmm. You've got Paul persecuting Christians, and then he meets the resurrected Jesus, and he's changed. So it's, it's those three proofs that the the only explanation for the empty tomb, the number and quality of eyewitnesses, and the changed lives afterwards that I'm convinced he rose. I believe you could go into a court of law and prove that Jesus is alive and dangerous. Mm, yeah. But I mentioned that there's outside objective historical proof, but I'm going to mention one other proof, and that's the subjective proof. And, and you've experienced this, and I've experienced this. In John 7, 17, Jesus said this, If anyone wants to do his will, he will know Mm. whether this teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own. He says, if you'll just go ahead and go all in and say, I'm following Jesus. He said, you'll know that's from God. And then in John 16, 13, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. I have his Holy Spirit who's just witness to my heart. You've just heard the truth. Mm. Now, I, I know that's not in the same category as an empty tomb. But it's just as real. Mm. Have you felt those kind of inward proofs of of the testimony of the Holy Spirit? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just this uh, assurity that that there is something true inside of you that you cannot get away from, yeah. and um, and that's something that nobody can take away from you, which is so big. God pleads His own case. Absolutely. Mm. One more thing I want to say: when I sit here and say, I know First John First John five thirteen is true. These things I've written you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. I am, I have lived with no fear of dying and I've have reasons why that's true. Uh, 2010, I was visiting in the hospital, fell dead in the bathroom. Don't know how long I was dead. A janitor Con- found Convenient me. place to have a, uh, to fall dead is <laughs> in a hospital. The, right? the providence of God. <laughs> and, and then they did the paddles. They, I was in a coma for four days and I survived. And when they shared with me, when I was able to grasp the severity of what had happened, that somehow if they were any later, I would not be here, that I, that I literally died. I went and saw, thought, that's no big deal. Hmm. Cause I know yeah. that I have eternal life, hmm. but I also had an event this fall. There was a day this fall and I didn't share with, with people when it was happening. Karen knew I had a heart incident that I thought at that moment that I was dying. I called someone to come to my house to, to help me, and they were very helpful. But while that person was coming, I said, Karen, let's sit at the table. We've got to go through the passwords. We've got to go through this is what you do. I've got a sheet here this, this for this moment. Mm-hmm. And I was calmly talking with her about what she was going to do if I were to die that day. But the whole time I was there, there was such a peace mm-hmm. because I know yeah. that I have eternal life. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We want you to know that too. You can know. You can know that you have eternal life. We say John 3.16 every Sunday, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth, trusts in him, will not perish but have everlasting life. If you will just in your heart come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I trust in you. I trust in you from now to heaven. Mm. Then you will know that you have everlasting life. Mm. Amen. Hey, Pastor Steve, thank you for that. That is um, um, incredible things that I know I walk away encouraged when I think through that. And you and I have talked about this often, mm. um, but I know so many people walk through life just, man, 
is it real? Is it real? How can I know? It's, it's those things that we can fall back on that really help our souls. Yes. So, hey, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope this was a helpful conversation for you. It might be yourself or you might have a friend that is struggling with this subject or even asking, how do we know that Christianity is real? What we would challenge you to do is share this with them, whether it's YouTube or on your podcast app. Uh, share with them this this short little uh, message, and I think it'll be something that could be helpful for you in your conversations with your friends and your family. i let you know this, that we're going to have on season one, we're going to have 15 episodes. And so this is episode one. Uh, we'll run for 15 weeks, and I hope you'll stick in with us. Next week, we're going to have another great question that's going to come for you. It's going to be a great time. Thank you for joining us today.